ragged old town Wood smoke wheels and familiar sounds Rolling down the hill to the ragged old town tonight Going down the hill to the ragged old town tonight Here we are at the Ramblin' Ride Honey Bucket Review in Old Town and the Woodyard. And, uh, hold on. Let me take a minute here. Everybody, as you were, as you were, as you were. Get back to what you were doing. I'm just kidding. So the Honey Bucket, that's uh, thematic down here. Uh, lots of people living in shacks and have honey buckets. And uh, for those of you that don't know, by the way, this is being recorded, which means that there's gonna be an audio recording of this thing, right? And which means that people, many years from now, many, many years from now, thousands of years, millennia from now, are gonna be listening to this podcast, which they might just uncover from some, you know, somewhere in the ground or something. And, um, and so, yes, so, people from here, and it's going to be a different time. It'll be different people. A whole, this place, this world is going to look completely different when people are listening to this thing. Well, they're not even going to know what's going on here other than the audio. Like, Brian's not even wearing pants. Where, Brian, put your pants on. And I see somebody over there is wearing a bowl of cherries for a hat. Um, these are, I'm describing it to the people in the future who, um, who are, uh, who are probably moth people at this point. And uh, so <laughs> bow down to our moth overlords in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love our moth overlords, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's give it up for our moth overlords in the future. <laughs> All right. Moving forward. Because we, we, we love our moth overlords, don't we? Don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Enough about the moths, eh? Okay. <laughs> we want to appease the moth overlords. Anyways, forget the moth overlords. <laughs> We're talking to the people in the future. We're getting off topic here. Because someday, this is what's going on. If I got to finish with the moths first. We'll finish with the moths, the moth overlords. The thing is, you don't want to piss them off because moths, they're going to come and they're going to dig up your bones and then hurl them into the sun. And so that's why you don't want to piss them off. So that's why we love our moth overlords, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, someday we're all going to turn into a pile of bones. Inevitable. So best to just keep that in the ground and not have it hurled into the flaming ball of sun like we have here. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to turn, verbally turn the crowd into a pile of bones, but here we are, so my apologies. Let's get it. How about a segue? How about a segue? Time for a segue. Thank you. Thank you for that very much. Like, yeah. Oh, gross. So future moths, just so you know, I just squished a mosquito and it was full of blood and now there's blood on my hand. Um, this is a real essential part of of playing an outdoor show, I think, is the art of squishing the mosquito without messing up your song. I know a few of you here are pros at that. I think we might just get bitten, but anyway. Okay, so here we go. Um, this, this, uh, this is Taylor, I'm Natasha. We're, uh, 
This first song, in keeping with the theme of old town stuff, um, is called Houseboat Blues. I was leaving town for a year, and I was really sad about it. And I asked some friends to just throw out titles, not relating to any particular theme, but somebody suggested this title, and since I was about to leave, I wrote a song. Here we go. I got the houseboat blues So sad to be leaving you While all your pretty hues Color my heart I got the house It's just a song that'll sing while I'm gone Cause I know I'll be missing you Once in a while I'll find 
snow Yeah, the next song. Uh, so Jana made the call out, and she said, "Okay, there needs to be old town songs, at least Yellowknife songs." And I go, "Shit, I'm in a funk band that just writes songs about sex." <laughs> and I'm going, "I have no old town songs." Uh, so I wrote an old town song about sex. <laughs> uh, yeah, very on brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, anyhow, this one's called Icebreaker. Uh, uh, that's not going to be... Let's slow it down. Wrote this last night, by the way. <laughs> Got a rule around this part of town When you meet a new honey, you gotta sit down I might ask you, who've you smooched? And I thought I saw you walking with Greg's pooch Is it true that you've been with John? Jimmy and his sister, though I don't think it's wrong I'm just asking, cause these are my friends I like to keep it honest, don't keep to pretend Oh Ice breaking, oh, we do the ice breaker. We are ice breaking, oh, we do the ice breaker. And don't run your mouth, I know you broke a few hearts there with Sarah Susie and old Mrs. Cart now. I'm really hoping that you bother to grow. Waste my time, cause I'll be happy to go. You surely know by now when new folks arrive, people at the airport don't waste their time. I'd rather try a man who stick around. It can't be too bad if we haven't run you out of town. So we're ice breaking. Oh, we do the icebreaker. Ice breaking, oh, we do the ice breaker. Oh, stop being so fast. Well, the reality is there's no real judgment to pass. Oh, you gotta set your lovers free. 
on to that jealousy Cuts life, short life's fun spree Now we're both bought into the old town ways Where lovers come and go like winter days Gotta jump in and communicate Well, we'd be lying if we said whiskey don't help us conversate so we're icebreaking, oh you icebreaker. Yeah, we icebreaking, oh we do the icebreaker. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jana. And the old town, sorry, not the old town, the honey bucket. The honey bucket review. Do you guys have another song in you? If that doesn't put you on the spot too much, <laughs> sounds so good. Okay, here we go. Stock up for the winter. Four miles from the road. The roots are in the cellar. Salted so the snow is falling down now, ground disappears from sight, and I sleep through afternoons by firelight. station sound waves from afar we learned across the ocean were stirrings of a war I wear a uniform now
Beautiful. It's Natasha DeShane and Taylor. Taylor, I don't actually know your last name. Isn't that funny? There is no last name. <laughs> Thanks for playing on the dump truck stage. You're listening to Ragged Old Town. This is the Honey Bucket Review, and we've got a little bit of everything. There's a few more acts tonight. And uh, right now, we have our first poet of the first and only poet of the evening. This is my friend, Baptiste Foisy. I'm really grateful to be here uh, doing two things that I haven't done in ages, it seems. Um, hanging out in the woodyard and reading poetry on a stage. And uh, those are, I'm going to be reading a set of three poems that I've hardly ever performed. I've read them once at uh, the Norton Arts and Cultural Center. And there must have been like five people in the audience. So I have no idea if they're any good, but we'll find out tonight. <clears throat> My heart is an open pack of cigarettes by your bedside nightstand weeks after you told me you were quitting. That was the first poem. <laughs> so, um, here we go. So now the year is 1952. The town's called Discovery Mine. Hasn't been the same since you've been gone. The camp party's on. I'm going down. After your soul is spent in the underground, you get attached to the abyss like a striptease of eternity. You went back to the salted sea. You went back to the pickle jar. They say it's the same country, but it's pretty far. It hasn't been the same since you've been gone. I hope that's the one. My heart dries out like white fish on a campsite when I see the bait, but wait. You left like a friendly fire, a clumsiness that rips the mind free, a scar that softens me, a letter I wish I could read. It hasn't been the same since you've been gone. I hope you're having fun. There's a new Canadian on the job, a boy from Magog. Never been that high to fall that low, I said. You think that's deep? You haven't seen smut. Bottoms up, we're going under. Pulp the pulse of the angry land. With picks, shovels, the devil's guidance. A care at play, a quillin at rest. Always, always by night. When it's not the depth that hurts, it's the distance. And when you catch a mummy call, all around it's just expense. Lakes, rocks, dark birds, saber-toothed beavers. Don't rush to check your bags. The next boat leaves in July. It hasn't been the same since you've been gone. When the foreman heard our laughs, our swears, he said, Frenchie, you're true. Montreux, I said. My hole, I dug it with my last breath. I dredged it with what was left, and then I had a cigarette. You know how I do for a killing? I crumble the art of the motherland to collect the glitter that covers our master's eyes to hide their garbage complexion. So when I'm on my break, break fuck off. But what am I saying? You know, that's not me. I'm sorry. Sorry, I said, sir, I'm sorry. I will not offend you with my language. Give me a second chance, esti. Mon trou, ça fait longtemps que je l'ai pris. 
It hasn't been the same since you've been gone. September's got me all King Kong. I look at night taken old like the dirt on the casket of this summer, perfect, like your dreams cremated. I cling on to my tears so I don't forget the, the outlines of your secret skin. The mine shaft leans like this last drop of whiskey, my spleen losing patience on the outcropped chards, the great slave's every wink urging me to take a chance. Take a chance. Take a chance. <clears throat> and this last one's called uh, Canadian Heartbreak. Dear love, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you I'm sorry so often. So sorry to bury you in this pile of sorrow when you deserve unapologetic passion, magic, bliss so intense, the ego starts to wilt and the skin peels a bit. See, I'm not bonk, just bored. Sorry, sorry I don't speak no special love tongue other than the remorse code. I'm French, right? But Canadian. So sorry, I get why you won't live here where passiveness is your best acquired skill where the unspoken is everyone's best riddle, where there's nothing to lose, but you always worry, where there's nothing to prove, but you're always sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I get it. I, I'd run into, I'd run too if I had legs. I long for your silence, your applause, like a dead bong longs a nice drunk, like creeps needs a hug. I want you like a romantic wants to die, free, so sorry. Sorry to laugh at my own sinister bore. I know the stage manager said no encore. Sorry. I'm grateful for your company. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for the Honey Bucket Review. And give it up for the sound guy, Ryan, who's doing an awesome job. Thank you. You're listening to oh the Honey Bucket Review. Woohoo! Yeah, we got Prime Time Prime on the dump truck stage. Very excited to hear these guys, so uh, take it away. Right on. Well, first off, I just want to thank you guys for having us, uh, Ragged Old Town Radio and the Honey Bucket Review, and Ramble and Ride, and this really charming, awesome dump truck stage, which yeah. is like incredible um yeah so the reason why i guess the impetus for playing some prime tunes or getting this band together was uh for me anyway the world kind of turned in 2016 we got a orange freak in the white house and it i'm a media junkie and uh, i just get bummed so my solace was to go home and uh, kind of listen to john prine learn john prine and, and play john prine so um, I came back from being away, and I floated it to a few people. Hey, let's get a John Prine band going. And they're like, no, that's a terrible idea. So <laughs> He got stuck with us. <laughs> so I figured I'll do it anyway. Anyway, this one's called Angel from Montgomery.
I am an old woman Named after my mother No man is another Child that's grown old And if dreams were lightning Thunder were desire This old house were to burn down A long time ago Make me an angel Flies from Montgomery Make me a poster of an old rodeo Just give me one thing I can hold on to To believe in this living such a Hard way to go When I was a young girl Had me a cowboy Weren't much looking Free rambling man But that was a long time No matter how hard I've tried The years they go by Like a broken down Make me an angel Flies from Montgomery Make me a poster of that old rodeo Just give me one thing I can hold on to To believe in that living Such a hard way to go Flies in the kitchen I can hear them buzzing Lord knows I ain't done much since I woke up today How the hell can a person Go to work in the morning Come home in the evening Ain't got nothing to say Make me an angel Flies from Montgomery Make me a poster of that old rodeo Just give me one thing I can hold on to To believe in that living Such a hard way to go Thank you. Quite nervous I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the hardest crowd to play to. <laughs> That's right. So we started. Lots of judgment. <laughs> Just we joking. played a little pop-up uh, show over at Down to Earth earlier tonight, and uh, we had seven people out. So now we're like yeah, at least crowd. three times that. <laughs> so that's why the nerves. Anyway, the, this one is called All the Best, and, and I believe John Prine wrote it right after he uh, got divorced. And uh, 
if you cut, <laughs> if you kind of uh, watch him online, uh, he says that to the crowd, and the crowd just laughs at him. And you can kind of watch him die inside, because I think he meant he meant this to be really uh, kind of a serious tune, not a goofy John Prine song. And uh, anyway, um, this is all the best. And we wish you guys all the best. you love and happiness I guess I wish you all the best I wish you don't do like I do and never fall in love with someone like you cause if you fail just like I did Probably walk around the block like a little kid Kids don't know You can only guess How hard it is To wish you happiness I guess that Decorate a tree, you throw it in the yard. It decays and dies, and the snowman melts. Well, I once knew love, I knew how love felt. Yeah, I knew love, and love knew me. When I walked, love walked with me. I got no hate And I got no pride I got so much love that I cannot hide I got so much love that I cannot hide drive a Chevy say you drive a Ford say you drive around town till you just get bored and you change your mind for something else to do and your heart gets bored with your mind and it changes you it's a doggone shame it's an awful mess I wish you love I wish you happiness I wish you love and happiness I guess I wish you all the best good luck
Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Jana, you can edit that flub out in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Hey, we're going to play one more for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd surprise Becky here. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. 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 Okay. Um, What's our surprise? What so is we're, it? We're going to play uh, Paradise. Oh, okay. And you might know this one. If you know the chorus, sing along, please. Um, and I just, uh, I just want to tell you guys, I want to introduce you to the band. This is uh, Jake Hookstra on the fiddle, classing it up here. Thanks, guys. Becky playing a little bit of acoustic guitar, Becky Davis, and uh, singing. And Phil Buscario uh, on the doing the job on the bass, <laughs> keeping down the low end. And uh, I'm Chris. And uh, <laughs> I'm just here. And uh, please sing along to the chorus, because I think you guys all know the chorus to this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. All right. When I was a child, well, my family would travel down to western Kentucky where my parents were born. There's a backwards old town that is often remembered so many times my memories are warm. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County down by the Green River where Paradise lay. I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train has hauled it away. Well, sometimes we travel right down the Green River to an old prison up on Adrian Hill. Where the air smelled like snakes and we'd shoot with our pistols But empty pop bottles is all we would kill And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County Down by the Green River where paradise lay I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train has hauled it away. Then the coal company came with the world's largest shovel. They tortured the timber and they stripped all the land. They dug for their coal till that land was forsaken and they Rotted it down to the progress of man. So, Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River where paradise lay? Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train has hauled it away.
I die, let my ashes float down the green river. Let my soul roll up to the Rochester Dam. I'll be halfway to heaven with paradise waiting, just five miles away from wherever I am. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River where paradise lay? Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train has hauled it away. Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River where paradise lay? Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's cold train has hauled it away. <laughs> thanks much, everybody. Thanks, um, thanks for having us. Have Give a great eve. Prime time. Pride. Hopefully I'll be seeing more of you guys. I'll hold that. Okay. Hi. Okay, I'm Rosalind Mercury. Um, that's it, I guess. <laughs> That's it? That's it. Are you crazy? <laughs> that's the Rosalind Mercury. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay, that's well, that's the Sheila Bassett Kellett. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we have been friends for over 30 years, and we crack each other up. And so we wanted to really get into comedy a little more. And so we thought, you know what? There's a workshop to go and do comedy at the Snow King about three years ago. Yeah, and we said, So we said, yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're hilarious. We'll sign up for it. And then we're like, okay, it's two weeks before, let's do a dry run. And we did a dry run and it was awful and we sucked and we froze and we were stupid and we stumbled over words. And so we were like, oh my God, this is hard. Comedy is hard. So we got to write this. So we, we got together and we started writing. Good thing we had Dave, Franz, I mean, Sheila's partner was there giving us the critique over and over and over. And he was like, I have heard you guys do this so many times. I could deliver it now. <laughs> and we even had a great comedy coach uh, who helped us out, who's a really funny person here in town. The delightful and talented Ms. Heidi Kane. And uh, we were ready to go. And we were stoked. And we were on the playbill and everything was good. And then two days before we were due to perform, uh, we each had uh, someone very close to us pass away. And so we... We, we didn't feel funny anymore for a while, so we decided... Yeah. So we had to bow out at the last minute, but hey, our names are all over town doing this. And so, okay, that kind of sucked and we felt bad about it and we were just otherwise preoccupied with sadness. But about a month later, I'm walking home from work and I passed an acquaintance, someone in, in Old Town, who was like, hey, I hear you guys performed at the castle. I hear it was awesome. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, sure, that was us. She called me up and we thought, oh, hey, we don't even have to do this. We're, you know, we're like, <laughs> we got it covered. Yeah, so we have this reputation for a show that never happened. And then the following year, they called us up again. And they called up Sheila this time. And they said, 
Sheila, I heard you guys were so good last year. Do you want to do it this year? <laughs> but, of course, we couldn't do it, but we thought, oh, man, we got a reputation to live up to. We're getting a little nervous anyways. And then this year came around. <laughs> we were going to try again. So we said, yeah, okay, we're a, we're a duo. We're going to do this together. And so we said, okay, we're, you know, we're a little rough around the edges, but we're going to try. And so the poster comes out, advertising comedy at the Snow Castle. And it is the who's who of absolutely killer, hilarious, brilliant Yellowknife comedians. Lauren McGinnis, Martin Rehack, Sky Plow, all these incredible people. And so, and then there's all this list. And at the bottom in a special bubble is... And featuring Ross Murray and Sheila Bassie Kellen. And we lost it. We were like, what the what the hell happened? Like we, Jesus. Haven't, even, we haven't even told a joke yet in public. Oh my god. So <laughs> I think it's because we were a duo, but we we're like special, like it felt like special headliners, which terrified the absolute yeah, crap we out like, of us. Oh, thank God. That didn't happen. Because... Thank God for COVID is the only time I've ever said that. Because unfortunately, the castle got closed and our show did not go on. So three years and we're famous, but we haven't done a thing yet. Yeah. We both came to Yellowknife when we were in our formative years, yes, right? Yes. So I came right out of my undergrad degree, came north. And the first job I got was Gold Range Waitress. And it was an awesome job. And honest to God, I learned skills there that I've used in every professional job I've had in terms of managing people and defusing situations. But I walk in my first day and I've never waitressed in my life. And so Sam hires me and I work a Tuesday night. And so at the end of my shift, I have made $17 in tips and I lose my mind. I am so happy. I have made $17 and it's just glorious. <clears throat> and the other waitresses are like, oh my God, this woman is just she's such a loser. Because they're making 300 bucks, right? This was the heyday of the range. A Tuesday, you would pull down really good money. And so Sam sees this and thinks I need a lot of help, obviously, remedial waitressing. So he flags me over <clears throat> this stool right back by the door where he used to sit. And he says, hey, so if you want to make money here, there's a few ways you can do this, you know. So one way is, you know, that back in the day, <clears throat> before debit machines and everything else people would pull their money out put it on the table slush fund right everyone's sitting around buying beers money's on the middle of the table and so he said you know what you do you wet the bottom of your tray before you go up there right like get get the bottom of the tray go up with your beer order put it down right on top of the pile of money and you never know like it might be a two dollar bill might be a 20 you never know what's gonna stick and I thought oh my god if I have to dip that low that will be a sad day in hell so bill yet that's like an archival yeah, story yeah <laughs> holy i think there's even a one dollar bill out there so i i got some training from a friend of ours a mutual friend of ours hilda was my uh, go-to training me at the range learned to get a little bit better started getting a little more tips had a little more fun you when you arrived in town though yeah i arrived um i was 19 19 years old i was married i was pregnant and i was a high school dropout <laughs> And you know, we, going for you. we came up, we came down. First, we stayed with people, and then it was just like bumming. You know, we we're just bumming around. So the road for success is not always, you know, not always paved. Sometimes there's a bit of gravel. <laughs> but I stayed in Smith. I became an accountant, raised my kids, did stuff, and then I also went onto town council. I was the youngest female town council member. You know, I was in my early 30s. You know, so I was a little bit of a rebel in the old town council. So one time they. Uh, we were having the discussion. One of the things was smoking was then was still, you know, uh, not such a big problem then. 
So we had a discussion on having a smoking bylaw. And so everybody had their little opinions. And then I, you know, I had an impassioned talk about, you know, secondhand smoke and how we know the dangers of smoking now and how we should be doing all these things. And that was fine. So the local paper, though, decided to cover this, this you know, in-depth you know, story about smoking bylaw. And so in the paper, there was always a picture that paper always used in Smith of me. It would have my eyes were like half closed, like I was, you know, not quite awake. And they always seemed to put me on the fold, so my eyes even looked like worse, like I was really dozy. So then they had this article on the on this smoking bylaw, and there was everybody, all everybody was, you know, quoted of saying all their little things that they said. And then it comes to me, and it says, "This is the '90s," said Councillor Mercury. And that was it. Just like I woke up from my stupor, said this is the 90s, and sat down. <laughs> Never, not anything else that I said was mentioned in that article. <laughs> it was the, the family joke forever. This is the 90s. Still comes up in many conversations. The <laughs> counselor does her job, knows the decade. So Roz and I were self-government negotiators for the GNWT, and this was at a really weird time because Indigenous governments had their act together and knew what they wanted, but GNWT and the feds didn't have a clue, right? They just like, try, were trying to figure all this out. But we were sent off as negotiators and like, get out there, go and figure it out. And we didn't have a mandate. We didn't have like any like directions or anything. So off we went. Everywhere this... But we were sent off as negotiators. And like, get out there, go and figure it out. And we didn't have a mandate. We didn't have like any like directions or anything. So off we went. There we were, this this uh, gold range waitress and this dropout stoner <laughs> town councilor from Fort Smith out there representing the GNWT at negotiation tables. <laughs> there was a few adventures involved there. Oh, man. We were we were at negotiations with de of the interim lands within the municipality of the village of Fort Simpson that would be claimed through the Detcho process, and so or were of interest for the Detcho. The Detcho weren't claiming lands, but so the federal negotiator is like, oh well, yes, this is very important. Then we'll have to include the village. We we must talk to the village people, and so. Roz and I were the only ones. Change looks as we almost went into YMCA. <laughs> We, we must talk to the village people. We were the only boneheads. Everyone else is like, oh, yes, the village people. We, we must chat with the village people. So we're complete idiots there. Well, when I moved to Toledo, so I left after Roz and I worked together, and I moved to Toledo, and Roz came up to visit me. And so I'm the white woman living in Toledo. And so I, I really love that community. People were so good to me there. But there was one day, there was a big community hunt and everyone was welcome to go to the community freezer and get some meat. And I just felt like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's just, and people, no, no, go. You're part of the community, go. And it was so generous and so kind. So of course, over I go. And there's a really cheeky guy that I knew that was giving out meat. So I'm in the lineup and there's ahead of me, there's, you know, there's some women that are getting these lovely roasts and cuts of meat and everything looks really great. And so I come and I'm standing in the line and he looks and goes, hey, hi, Sheila, hi. And then he reaches behind and he gets his hind quarter, hoof, fur, everything, hands it over to me. Here you go. Ha, th thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'm thinking, God. What in the name of God? I don't know how to butcher this. <laughs> Jesus. And so Roz is there with me. And I'm like, bring this home. And I'm like, look at what the hell am I going to do? And Roz is like, okay, I got this. So we get the cardboard on the floor. And Roz, she's such a good hunter. She's done this caribou hunting before. Tons of this. We butcher. We take all the meat off that leg. Everything's good. So I then just take the fur and the meat and the bone. And I'm just going to put it out in the garbage. And Roz is like, no. 
put that out on the front porch. Everyone's got to see that. <laughs> you did it. So, <laughs> she was my secret weapon, right? <laughs> People are like, whoa, respect. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks to Roz. <laughs> but even doing things in the north and learning things, when I used, to, I used to do a lot of caribou hunting, but I remember the first time I went and I was a passenger on a skidoo, on a snow machine. And we're out on... Uh, Victory Lake, and we'd borrowed a skidoo from somebody, so they, we, they, we dropped it off, and my friend got on to drive it to our camp. I got in the back, but it wasn't the kind, you know, with a little box in the back for your guest. It wasn't the kind that had a little back seat. No, just like a big drop-off, right? There was just like this high-low seat, and then that was it. So we get on, and I'm kind of looking around. My friend takes off, like, you know, like a guy drives, you know, <laughs> right away. So, of course, I go flying back, but I don't fall off. I got my legs clamped on there like there's nobody's business, and my body is floating in space behind there as I'm trying to maneuver, a, hoping for a big super sit-up or maybe a bump, you know, fly me forward, but as I'm flying in the back, finally notices that maybe I'm not holding on or something, and he stops and he says, what are you doing? Like, what am I supposed to say? So I said, oh, I'm training for the, you know, skidoo rodeo. What the heck do you think? So... Anyway, from now on, after that, I held on, you know, no matter what kind of seat they have, you just hold on. Roz taught me so much, right? So Roz has been like such a coach to me, right? So it's like, you know what? I can have a wood stove. When I bought my little house in Trails End a million years ago, you know, the advice was get, uh, you know, I had a wood stove. I loved it. It was so nice. I'd never had a wood stove before. So I get this wood stove, but I think, shit, I'm going to chop my leg off if I have an axe. So, so I get this advice that, you know what, get a splitting wedge and a sledgehammer. Okay. Okay. I can do that. So I go off to home hardware and I'm pretty pumped about this. And I've been in and out of the hardware store a bit. So the guys there are kind of like, Oh, you're back. What do you need little lady? And I'm like, Nope, bugger off. I got this. Like just, you know, I know what I'm doing back off. And so I go and I find the splitting wedge and then I find like this really heavy, you know, that's it. I'm going to go home. I've got this stuff now. I'm ready to go. And so I go out that night and I've got a great, you know, piece of wood I'm going to use as my base and I'm going to, I've got this wood and I'm going to start to chop and I get the splitting wedge in and I get my sledgehammer and I get it over the top of my head and I'm bringing it down and that's when I know that I've bought a rubber mallet because (laughs) I basically did a backflip. So I have this stupid rubber mallet that's not going to help me chop any wood. I couldn't take it back. Because the guys at the hardware store would be like, ooh, so you really knew what you were doing, huh? So Roz knew. Roz was able to coach me through. I got this this sledgehammer finally, was able to do that stuff. It worked out. We figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah, we figure it out. Some things are harder to figure out than others, though. And then you try, you get a little older and you think you're getting a little smarter. But alas, you know, things that, things that, that uh, you know, it's not inspire you, but maybe draw your attention later on in life you know so a few years back I was driving to to Edmonton and I stopped in high level and I was going to stay in a hotel you know one of those high level Las Vegas style <laughs> hotels that they got there and I get a room and it has breakfast included I think oh that's cool and I'm kind of a late person I get late I get up late you know so I got there I think breakfast was till 10 I got to have a quarter 10 there's nobody else in the room and I noticed they had a pancake making machine I've never seen a pancake. I thought that's a cool thing. I took pictures and, you know, sent them to my kids. Look at this invention. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. So I decided I'm going to have two pancakes. So I pushed the button two times. Nothing happened. I pushed it again. Then I hear this thing cranking up. And a little light comes on. Cooking one of four. 
no, one of eight. I thought, oh my God, I pushed it too many times. Maybe I should, maybe maybe it has a maximum of 10. And yeah, so I pushed it again to hit the 10. But this, you know, then I thought, maybe, maybe you have to hold the button down because there's no off button or anything. Maybe you hold the button down and it'll go off. So I hold the button down, nothing. So I thought, then I think, maybe I didn't hold it long enough. So I push it down again. Well, now it's cooking out two of, well, 12 or something. And then I, but then I started to try a few other little button pushes just for good luck. I realized that I need, you know, more help. So I decided I'd go to the, uh, go to the front desk and ask the lady if, you know, tell her my situation. But she's on the phone. And I'm, I'm standing there looking at her and looking back at those, thinking about those pancakes shooting out of that machine over there. And she finally gets off the phone, though, and I said, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I, I pushed the pancake-making machine button too many times, and she's all nice to me. Oh, that happens, she says. And we go back, and we go into the restaurant part, and then she gets, then she opens up some door, and then she turns her head at me, just like from The Exorcist or something. Eighteen, she says. <laughs> And it all seemed logical at the time, but <laughs> maybe 18 was a bit, maybe those even little kids don't push us that many. <laughs> Northern hillbilly. Ooh, never seen one of these before. Well, the worst part is I guess when I got back, I told my kids and they had a discussion on Facebook, him and his friends and, you know, these young people, well, you know, they'd say, well, I don't know why she didn't stop pushing. And somebody else was saying, she thought it was like her, you know, her iPad. <laughs> She's like all these little discussions. But anyway, <laughs> I ended up getting four pancakes, you know, which wasn't that bad. <laughs> I only ate two of those four, but. <laughs> they disposed of the rest. That's okay. <laughs> That's it. We just make each other laugh all the time. And so I just love that I can always rely on Roz to give me a little bit of a kick in the ass and I laugh over everything in life. Yeah, life can be funny. Life is funny and even if sometimes sometimes things are not funny right away, but maybe in a couple of years, they seem a lot funnier. <laughs> Amen to that. Cheers, baby. Cheers.